everybody. It's me again, your host, George Becknell, and you're in the paint. This is the fifth episode of In the Paint. Look, I appreciate the continued support. You could be listening to anybody else right now, but you're listening to me, and I appreciate it. Look, I don't know if you listen on SoundCloud or if you listen on iTunes or Google Play, but either way, hit subscribe and keep me on. So let's dive into the topics for this week. All right, this weekend was a big weekend in sports, um, a particularly big weekend in the NFL because the NFL hosted its annual combine in Indianapolis. And the combine for me, you know, to give the guys coming out of college all the chance to work out for all the NFL teams to improve or enhance their draft stock and their brand. I love this every year because A, you give a lot of young men an opportunity to prove themselves again outside of their college systems. And B, it's just a little something I say, hey, baby, football's on the way back. So I'm always ultra excited about this. Um, there's three guys I want to talk about. Um, three in particular I want to talk about as big combine winners. Um, the first guy I want to talk about um, is an LSU Tiger wide receiver DJ Chark. I mean, there were guys projected to be drafted in the first round before the combine. Um, Cortland Sutton from SMU, Calvin Ridley from Bama, Christian Kirk from Texas A&M, James Washington from Oklahoma State. All these guys, in one way, shape, or form, were in somebody's mock draft going in the first round. Well, guess what? This young brother, DJ Chark, went to this combine and completely enhanced his brand. I mean, this guy ran a 4.34 40-yard dash, blazing speed. He had a 40-inch vertical, better measurables than Randy Moss when he was in the combine. He did 16 bench press reps. I mean, you know... This, this young man came out and showed out. You know, he was widely considered as a deep threat in college. But this young brother has more than to offer to a team than just being a deep threat. DJ Chark is 6'3", 200 pounds, and only had five drops his entire career at LSU. Look, this young man has the potential to be a complete receiver on um, He's totally enhanced his draft stock because I'm looking at all these other guys that were ranked ahead of him or projected to go first round in all these mock drafts, and they didn't really show out in the combine. Now, obviously, it's still very early. Everybody has a pro day to do right. You know, there's a lot of game film to watch. But judging by Chark's resume, I'd put him up there with, with any of these other guys. And especially with the type of talent he has, it translates into a successful NFL career, um, which was the case for a lot of the LSU guys. I mean, you saw what Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry have been able to accomplish, you know, but those two were obvious guys to me. Also, there have been guys like Brandon LaFell, Dwayne Bowe. You know, you even see 
guys like Russell Shepard catching passes in the NFL that didn't even do anything at LSU. So I think this young brother has the opportunity to be a good receiver. So there's a couple of spots I'm looking at. Um, do, do the Cardinals take him at 15? That seems that seems high, but it fits. You know, if they could go out and get themselves a quarterback, you know, you put him opposite of Larry Fitzgerald, it'll work. Dallas at 19. You know, you talk about whether you're going to sign Des Bryant or not. You know, you got a young guy in Dak Prescott playing quarterback. You know, all of his weapons seem to be a little rusty. You know, Des lost a step. Jason Witten is old. You know, he has Ezekiel Elliott in a run game, which is really, really good. But he needs a young wide receiver. And also maybe Carolina at 24. You know, you got Christian McCaffrey doing all kinds of things out the backfield. You still got Greg Olson for a little while. But Cam Newton doesn't have a legit wide receiver. I mean, Devin Funches has played okay to me. But all of these are possibilities for this young man to go. You know, and and like I say, it's wide open for, for DJ Chalk. He did himself a tremendous service by playing in the Senior Bowl and performing at the Combine. I think he really enhanced his brand. Big ups to DJ Chalk. All right, next guy. Now, this guy was in the Heisman conversation. He's not that big of a surprise that he performed well. He just came out and balled, you know. And I'm talking about Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley came out and ran a 4-4-40, which is blazing fast for a running back. And he also did 29 bench reps with a 41-inch vertical. I mean, after, after his combine performance, people are saying he should go number one. You know? I, I mean, that wouldn't be a reward. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't want to go to Cleveland in that dumpster fire of a situation that they have, right? But this guy can legitimately be the best player in the draft, you know? So there's no way that I would want to go to Cleveland, but it's a possibility because they need everything, right? But because they need everything, they have the first and the fourth pick. So if they really believe that Barkley is the best player in the draft, they still, they could pick him up with that first pick, even though you don't really pick a running back with the first pick. But they got the fourth pick. So they could still go out and get their franchise quarterback because either Sam Donner or Josh Rosen is going to be on the board at number four. So you never know. I personally think he'd be a better fit for the Giants. You know, Eli has still has a lot in the tank in my opinion the offensive line is terrible you gotta beef up that line if you're the Giants but if you think about it the Giants got a good receiving core you know headlined by Odell Beckham Jr you got Shepard on the other side who knows what Brandon Marshall's gonna do but the Giants got some nice pieces on offense Saquon Barkley could go there and maybe solidify that backfield if they can kind of Improve that line might not be a bad spot for him. Or he could go play with Andrew Luck. But I, I I don't see him falling past four. You know, that's just me. But I mean, this guy was impressive. 
I mean, he looked like a guy. He looked like Adrian Peterson to me. It, it going by the combine. So we'll see. And lastly, I want to talk about Shaquem Griffin from UCF. Now, this young man, this young man came out, you know, ran a 4-3-8 40-yard dash as a linebacker. That is ridiculously fast. But this young man, let me, let me, let me give you a little backstory about this young man. Um, Mr. Griffin, as a kid, he had some rare hand disease. And all of his fingers was amputated as a young boy. So he doesn't have a fully functional hand like most people would. And this guy's out here playing football. But not only is he just, he's not participating. He's playing at a high level. This young man, I saw this young man at the combine put on a prosthetic hand and hit 20 reps on a bench press. 20 reps at 225. I got two fully functional hands and I can't bench press 225 20 times. I can come close though, but I'm just saying, I can't do it 20 times. So, I mean, you know, and then in his drills, he was catching all the passes. He, This young man is special. I don't think he's going to go too high in the draft, but he's going to make an NFL roster. And I'm rooting for this brother. So, Big ups to Mr. Griffin, you know, but I'm just excited to have some type of football. You know, I can't wait for all the pro days. I'm going to be ready for the draft. I just love the process, and I can't wait to see all these young men go through their pro days, and I'm also excited about free agency. So we'll see what happens in the NFL offseason. I'll be watching for sure. So something else in the world of sports happens this weekend that I found to be extremely interesting. So interesting that I've never seen this before. You know, and I legitimately have been a big sports fan since I was five years old. And I've never seen this. So Kobe Bryant, aka the Black Mamba, five-time NBA champion. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Dude wins an Oscar this weekend. He wins an Oscar. He wins an Oscar for best short film. So, I'm like, I got to see this. I don't know what to expect. I know Kobe is that type of guy where he seems to excel at everything. Um, he said he wanted to be a storyteller. So, I don't really know what to expect though. Because I feel like maybe two seasons ago he was playing basketball. Like, I feel like it wasn't that long ago he went for 60 against the Jazz. So he's already won an Oscar. So when I looked at the film, it was called Dear Basketball. What he did, he turned this poem that he wrote to the game of basketball and put some animation to it and made it a short film. And I'm going to tell you, this film moved me I guess I, I wasn't expecting that much. I don't know. But this film moved me so much to where I went to the gym twice. I went to the gym twice today. I really did. Um, I loved it. You know, I absolutely loved it. I know Kobe has been a passionate player. You know, I wasn't always a Kobe fan. 
from growing up. I felt like he copied off of Michael Jordan, so I didn't particularly like Kobe growing up. I got to appreciate him a lot more when I was older. But I knew what type of passion he has, but just to see some of this drive and what, I guess, the beginning of the drive. You know, he talked about being a kid, rolling up his dad's tube socks and loving the game and just loving the game in this pure form. I I, I loved it. Um, you know, I, I loved every part of it. My, my favorite line from the poem has to be, my heart can take the pounding, my mind can handle the grind, but my body knows it's time to say goodbye. God, that, that just says so much to me. You know, you got this guy who's been playing in the NBA since he graduated high school. You know, it's been pretty much his whole adult life. He doesn't let it define him. He realizes it's time to go, and he goes, and he rides off into the sunset, and he's off to an amazing start to a new chapter in his life. I mean, you know, kudos to Kobe. You know, and I love the fact that he referenced Laura Ingram telling LeBron to shut up and dribble in his acceptance speech. I love when people disprove ignorance. Kobe Bryant has crossed over into a completely different field and has gotten off to a fantastic start. He's already at the pinnacle of filmmaking. He's won an Oscar. You know, that's not easy by any stretch. You know, you got guys like former Detroit Pistons Dave Bing who starts a steel mill after he retires and then he gets an automotive industry and he grosses over $250 million in sales. You see what Magic Johnson is doing with Magic Enterprises, all the great stuff he's done as a mogul. You know, you also take Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan is the majority owner of the Charlotte Hornets. So a lot of these guys are being really successful after their careers with their brains, you know. And, and look, for the Laura Ingrams of the world, I got a question for you. You know, why is it that Jack Kemp, former quarterback for the Buffalo Bills can run for vice president and president and nobody says anything or Bill ba Bill Bradley former New York Nick forward runs for president and nobody takes a shot at him Laura Ingram what exactly are you trying to say we all already know the answer Congratulations again, Kobe Bryant, on a job well done. Keeping things in the NBA. What is going on in New Orleans? The New Orleans Pelicans have won eight straight games. The last six of which they scored over 120 points. I mean, this season looked over. A month ago, they lost DeMarcus Boogie Cousins for the rest of the season with an injury. So obviously, me and the rest of America think the season's over. 
Well, they go ahead and pull off a trade. They bring in Meritage from Chicago, and it seems to be exactly what they needed. Anthony Davis is having an MVP type of season. He's always having an MVP type of season. But this year, it's just working for the Pelicans. He's averaging 28-11. You know, I think them not having Boogie Cousins really opened things up for them. You know, now don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say the Pelicans are a better basketball team without Boogie Cousins. I'm not trying to say that it's one of those addition by subtraction type of things because when he gets healthy, the Pelicans are going to be a force to be reckoned with, right? But right now, they're sitting fourth in the West. And the question is why? Well, if you look at it, I think Meritage was that piece that they needed even when Boogie was on the team because you had Drew Holiday, who's a good shooting guard. Rajon Rondo is the ultimate distributor point guard. You know, Anthony Davis, he's a top-tier NBA player to me. You know, he he's one of those guys that's going to be in the All-Star game every year. He's always going to be on the All-NBA team. He's that type of player. Boogie Cousins was... An all-star, too. I don't think he's quite as good as Anthony Davis, but hell, he's close, right? But they had that gaping hole at the three spot. They didn't have that guy who could come in, in addition to Drew Holiday, make open shots, create his own shot, really stretch out the defense to give Boogie and the Brow some room. Well, now you got that. And you don't have DeMarcus Cousins in the paint clogging up the lane. So, with Alvin Gentry's system, the Pelicans could be good like this. You know, now don't get me wrong. I, I'm not predicting anything crazy like they're going to beat the Rockets or, or they're going to beat Golden State. But, I mean, this Pelicans team looks very formidable. You know, right now they're fourth. Could they pass Portland for the third spot? I don't know, but this looks like a team primed and ready to be able to get into the second round for the first time since Chris Paul was in New Orleans. So I, I like this Pelicans team. I like what they've been able to do. They're really fun to watch. I look forward to good things coming from them in the next couple of weeks. They have some winnable games coming up, you know, Tuesday, they go to L.A. to play the Clippers. Then you go to Sacramento. You got the Wizards at home. You got Utah at home. You got the Hornets at home. You go back to a bang-up San Antonio all before you play the Houston Rockets on March 17th. So we'll see what happens. The Pelicans currently have the second longest winning streak in the NBA right now. Second to those Houston Rockets. We'll see what happens. Keeping things in the Big Easy, the New Orleans Saints spent the last year being very productive. They went 11-5. They won their first division championship since the 2011 season. And there's a lot of expectations for next year for the Saints to take it to the next level and possibly get back to the Super Bowl. Drew Brees is getting older. Um, he's expected to re-sign with the Saints. So, 
it looks like the Saints are going to make one last title run in the Drew Brees, Sean Payton era. Which, I mentioned how productive the season was, but the Saints seem to be productive in 21 of the 22 positions. The Saints had the least production from the tight end position in the NFL. Which brings about an amazing coincidence. Former Saint All-Pro tight end and fan favorite Jimmy Graham is expected to leave Seattle and become a free agent. Now I just mentioned how terrible the production has been from one Kobe Fleener, one overpaid Kobe Fleener in the Saints offense. You know, now the Saints do have some nice pieces on offense. I'm not saying it's a gaping need, but if you look at what the Saints have, they have Alvin Kamara, rookie sensation from a year ago, offensive rookie of the year. You got Mark Ingram in the running game. You also have a stud, Michael Thomas, as your number one receiver. Now, I felt like he produced, but he still wasn't as open as he could have been because there was no tight end threat. You know, if you really think about it, Ted Ginn Jr. was brought in before last season to be the, the Saints' deep threat. He was brought in to replace Brandon Cooks. You know, Willis Sneed was supposed to be the second receiver, but he was injured most of the year. Brandon Coleman could have play, stepped up and played that role, but he didn't produce, just period. So Ted Ginn was forced into playing the number two receiver, which is something that he exceeded expectations in. But for you to have a legit receiving core, Ted Ginn shouldn't be your number two. He just shouldn't. So if you think about it, for the first time in a long time, the New Orleans Saints was a stronger running team than they were a passing team. And I thought there were times last year where the offense stalled because everybody was stuffing the run. Now, Drew Brees is still a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's still got a lot left in the tank. But if you could give the man some tight end production, the Saints offense would be virtually unstoppable. Even though they were really, really good last year, Jimmy would take them to another level. But I'll say this. The price has to be right for Jimmy Graham to come to New Orleans. Why? Because the Saints are roughly about $30 million under the cap, but you still haven't signed Drew Brees. There's other needs. You know, you, you need depth on the offensive line. You need another pass rusher. Now, some of those things are going to be addressed in the draft, but still, you got to pay these people. Now, they did go out and sign safety Kurt Coleman, so the writing was already on the wall for Kenny Vaccaro, so I think that confirms it, so you don't have to worry about re-signing him. And I can't see another scenario where you re-sign Delvin Broke. So, looking at it, I think bringing Jimmy Graham back to New Orleans is a big possibility. I, for one, would like to see that. But at the same time, the price has to be right. But either way, I look forward to the Saints being major contenders 
in the NFL next year. All right, boys and girls, I hope you had as much fun listening to this week's episode as I had doing it. Please don't forget to hit subscribe and continue to listen. And look, this is an interactive show. If there's anything you want me to cover, anything you want me to talk about, any questions you have, any comments, concerns, or feedback, my social media will be in the description of the show. Please feel free to hit me up. I'll be looking for your comments, and I always appreciate the feedback and the support. So I'll see you next week in the paint.